Good morning. Uh, let's go ahead and open our Bibles to the book of uh, Luke. Luke chapter 15. <clears throat> Let me get this thing ready. Um, before I start, um, uh, just for the fun of it, who, who among you watch, sometimes watch Joel Osteen uh, preach? You know, just for the fun of it, maybe one day just uh, look at uh, watch him preach, even just in YouTube. You know, he always uh, he always say that uh, he always say this before he preaches. Said he said I like to start with something funny. He said, and then he says of a joke, and sometimes it's funny to me, sometimes it's not. Uh, but that's how he starts his uh, his sermon. Well, I'm gonna copy him today. I'm gonna kind of start with something funny, uh, and uh, this is a true story. Right? Um, and. Um, I was in uh, Montgomery County School, elementary school, and one of my teachers, uh, she took her little girl to the dentist for a cleaning. And uh, so uh, they went to the uh, dentist and uh, they did the cleaning. The hygienist was cleaning her teeth, uh, all that, brushing it, putting all the fluoride and all that. And then uh, when they were about to be finished, uh, the hygienist said to the little girl, it's a little girl, it's probably the size of Ella. Um, he said, okay, honey, now let's do the floss. He said, so the little girl got out of the chair and uh, he did this, you know, he did this. He was like that. And, uh, and the hygienist said, what are you doing? And he said, you told me to do the floss. So, um, now, I've seen kids dance like that, folks, but I didn't know it was called the floss. Now I know. Now you know. Right. Um, but anyway, that's my, uh, my funny story today. Um, in our text, in uh, Luke chapter 15, in verse, um, in verse 12, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. And he divided unto them his living. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, the, all there was a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And this is the key of our message. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have been have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. 
Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> the title of my message today, uh, Rerouting. Rerouting. And I'm going to um, start it with an illustration, as I do always. Um, long time ago, in uh, the mid-90s, probably 95, 96, I was, well, 95 maybe, I was new to the country. I was new to Thomas County. We just moved here. And uh, we were staying at the Barty Kendall's house in uh, MacDilda Street, right behind Robert Toombs. And uh, one Saturday, we were going to we were going to Savannah. So um, me, Stephanie, Deborah, and, and Kendall were going. We were all going to Savannah, and Jessica was there too, but she wasn't going with us. And uh, Deborah said to me. Well, can you take Jessica to Melanie's house? Because she's not going to be with us in Savannah. And I said, well, I don't know where Melanie lives. And I, you know, so, well, Jessica knows. Jessica knows. I said, okay, if Jessica knows, then fine. I'm, you know, no problem. So, um, and, and then before we left the house, Jess, uh, Stephanie told me, you need to come back early because daddy doesn't want people to be late. So you need to come 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 early, just drive drive him uh, drop him off there and come home early. And it was still early at the time; the sun was not even up or just rising. And so I drove Jessica to Melanie's house, and I was so excited because I got to drive Brother Kendall's Lincoln Continental. You know, I haven't even driven a Lincoln Continental before, so so I did. We 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 drove, and Jessica was just little at the time, still in elementary school. And she's my new sister-in-law. So to me, to us, it was bonding time. You know, I got to know her. She gets to know me. And she was excited talking with me because of my accent, I guess. So, you know, we, we, uh, we drove to Melanie's house. And Melanie lives in, um, somebody help me here. Is it Cedar Crossing or Johnson's Corner? Cedar Crossing. Yeah, well, Melanie lives in Cedar Crossing. So that's Highway 1. Uh, well, that's the only way I know. Uh, but anyway, we went. And we were just talking. I was driving 40 miles an hour, Highway 1. Of course, it was just us, no traffic. And we were just talking and talking and talking. And then all of a sudden, we were getting close to Baxley. And Jessica said, we, please, we, we missed the turn. And I said, well, well, well well, we're supposed to turn. We're supposed to turn that red light, the traffic light. You know, he's talking about the one in Tomb Central. And uh, so, okay, I guess we got carried away, you know, talking. So let's turn around. So we turn around. So we got to the caution light of Tomb Central. We were coming from Baxley this time. And Jessica and I told Jessica, there's a traffic light, Jessica. I said, what do we do now? I said, turn right. I said, okay. Now, from Tombs County, she's supposed to turn right. But this time, we're coming from Baxley. So this time, she said, turn right. So I turned right. So we kept on driving, kept on driving. I was still confident. She knew what she was doing. And then all of a sudden, we were getting close to Reedsville. And I said, Jessica, I said, this is Reedsville already. And uh, I think you meant to turn right coming from Lyons, not coming from Baxley. I said, I think so, I think so. So we turned right. 
I would turn around again, and um, we, 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 we got to the crossing. And uh, this time I was driving a little bit more faster because the sun was coming up, and uh, I remember Jessica, uh, Stephanie's uh, warning to me. So we got to see the crossing, and she saw the gas station over there. And she said, that's it, that's it, that's, this is the place, this is the place. Okay, I said, okay, good, good. So what, now what, what do we do? So turn left, which was, that was the right direction, we turn left. And says, now what? Say we need to look for a white house in a dirt road. I said, okay, white house in a dirt road. So I was driving, just driving down, and I look at the right side of the highway, and I saw a white house, probably a quarter of a mile. I said, is that the white house over there, Jessica? I said, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said, okay, let's, let's, let's look for the dirt road that connects to it. And there was a dirt road that connects to it. So we turned right. We were getting closer to the white house, and Jessica said, that's not the house. I said, are you sure? I said, yeah, that's not the house. So maybe it's the next house, I said. So we went to the next house. He said, that's not the house. I said, maybe it's the next house, I said. And that dirt road dead ended on a creek. People were washing their cars. They were fishing. They were taking a bath. And here we are on a Lincoln Continental driving on a creek. And I said, Jessica, we're lost. I said, you don't know where you're going. At the time, I was getting worried. So I told Jessica, we're going to the Cedar Crossing gas station. And I want you to get out of the car, and I want you to go ask the cashier where Melanie and them live, because this is a small community. They may know who they are. So we went. Jessica got out of the car, went inside the gas station, and I was looking like this. And I already see her, you know, go, go, please go, go talk to my brother-in-law, go talk to my brother-in-law. She, uh, she was talking that to the cashier. So she didn't ask the directions. So the cashier came out of the gas station, and I was, I was still in my pajamas, my tank top, having brushed my teeth, having taken a bath, nothing. And we asked the cashier, said, you know where the Bowens live? And said, uh, said I don't, you know, she, did, she didn't know. So I told Jessica, I said, Jessica, we're going to go one more time in this road, and we're going to drive further. We're going to look for a white house and a dirt road. If we cannot find it, you and I are going back to Lyons, back to your daddy's house, and all of us will just have to come over here and drop you off because we're lost and I'm late. I haven't taken a bath, I haven't got ready. And so we went one, one more time, we went further. And there was this white shed on the left side of the road. It wasn't a white house, it was a white shed, and there's a dirt road besides it. So I think you meant white shed, Jessica. Maybe, maybe, and, and so we turn right on that, we turn left on that dirt road, and the first house on the right is a brick house. It wasn't even a white house, it's a brick house. It was Melanie's house. And Jessica was like, that's the house, that's the house, that's the house. Said, Are you sure? I said, yeah, that's the house, that's the house. So he, I made sure he got inside that house, confident, you know, and when I, when I, I, uh, I was sure she, she was in the right house, then I left. But I told Jessica before she left, she got out of the car, I told Jessica, you need to call your mama. I said, this is before cell phones and GPS. She needed to call, as soon as she got in that house, Jessica, you need to tell your mama that I'm on my way. We are lost. We're run, I'm running late because she and I are lost. We went to Baxley, we went to Reedsville, we went to a creek, and uh, 
And now I'm lost. Well, now we're lost. And uh, but you need to let your mama know I'm I'm on, I'm on the way. At that time, I didn't have any confidence she was going to do it. She was going to call. So I got home to Magdilda, and they were very dressed. But Ken was dressed, and Stephen and Deborah were dressed, and and Stephen said, "I got your clothes ready. Just go and take a bath, and, and you know, just hurry, hurry, hurry." And then I asked Deborah, "Did Jessica call?" She yeah, she just called. She, we you know, she, we just hang up. And I said, okay, let me get ready. I'll, I'll tell you the story later. You know, and that's how our day went that day. And uh, so, uh, but I uh, say all I have to say it is, folks. We were rerouted three times before we got into our our uh, <clears throat> destination. Um, um, well, I didn't ask Jessica's permission to use her today, but I did ask. Uh, a member here, I was going to use his life as, uh, you know, as part of my message today. And I already asked permission, so um, everybody knows what, what happened. All right. um, but we all know that Brother Adam came here, for, came forward last year here at the church. And he confessed of, uh, of his uh, DUI incident. Um, and... Um, you know, uh, in a sense, um, Adam was kind of backsliding, or you know, backslidden. And he told us in his uh, when he came forward that he had neglected his family duties, he had neglected his Christian duties. Uh, he wasn't coming to church like he should. He wasn't showing up at Sunday school like he used to. Not coming to devotionals. He said that his pets in, pets in his back. And I like to think he came forward because God had convinced him to come forward. Now my question is, does any one of us here share that kind of experience? No. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. But is there anyone here feels like he's like backsliding? That they need to come forward like what Adam did. Feel like your pet sins are back. See, um, basically my message today is all about backsliding. What is backsliding? Okay, um, now I want to define backsliding like Webster Dictionary defines it because that's so complicated. Sometimes I had to get me a children's dictionary just to get the meaning because Webster is just too complicated for me. But I will define backsliding in a very simple way. It means more sin less service to God. More Satan, less Savior. More world, less word. More disobedience, less obedience. Backsliding is basically a season of increasing sinning and disobedience from the Lord. Like sickness sometimes, that we can have a relapse, like cancer coming back from a remission, the backslider's cancer of sin relapses. We lose sight of Christ because of our sinning. We are in spiritual numbness. Now, a backslider is a saved person. A lost person cannot backslide. So if you're lost, this message may not be for you, at least not for now. You know? Now, when the Bible uses the term 
backslider, backsliding, he's talking about the save. You have to slide back from something or someone. You know, you have to go somewhere in order to slide back from it. A saved person is someone who worships God. He goes to church. He walks Christ-like. He comes to Sunday school, devotional services, attends revivals and Bible conferences, has a reputation, has a church to represent, has a testimony. These and more is where a Christian can slide back from. Lost person is just lost. He's not a backslider. Why? Well, he doesn't have a church, for one. He don't read the Bible. He had no testimony to guard. He had no God to worship. He has no name to, uh, to represent. He has nothing. In other words, he's got nothing to slide back from. Therefore, he cannot backslide. Now, a backslider is a Christian who makes a profession of faith. For a while, he lives with the Lord. He lives like he, he, he lives like a Christian, as a Christian. However, other things come that sidelines him from the service of God. Sports, businesses, busy schedule, personal problems, even romantic relationships and friends they keep can contribute to this backsliding. Backslider can come to church every church service, but they may not listen to the preacher. For their mind is on other things. Even in the pew, they think of sin and sinning. Now, a backslider works secretly before he becomes visible. He's like an undercover agent. Until he uncovers himself, or he is uncovered by someone, he remains under the cover. He's hidden. Though they're in church, they've neglected their Christian duties, and is constantly and slowly weakened. When the vast lighting becomes obvious, they stop coming to devotion, they stop coming to prayer meetings, they stop coming to Sunday school, they stop coming to church services. Their occasional absence becomes frequent. And when they do come to services, they don't enjoy it. They have little, if any, service to God. A backside will justify their actions. They look at the lives of the people that are faithful. They look at their past sins and say that no Christian is perfect. They resort, they think, and they think they're not different from you. They cannot accept they're wrong. You know, and now it's hard to live a Christian life, folks. It would be nice if after confessing your salvation, you're taken up in heaven above. But no, for reasons only known to God, you're left here on earth, where you're fighting your former friend, the devil. You're still in his hood, you're still in his terrain, in his turf, in his surroundings. He still know which pet sin tickles you the most. Like Brother Kendall said in his online messages, he said in the, he quoted the scripture in the Bible that says, sin easily besets us or hounds us. You know, it's like a common cold. Sin is easy to catch. It's hard to put off, it's hard to put off sinning. It's still pressure, pleasurable. It, it still tastes good, even in the taste buds of a child of God. Because if it doesn't taste good, you, you and I won't be sinning. You know, it's kind of like eating bacon. We know it's not good, yet we keep on eating it. You know, 
Putting off sinning is like losing weight. It's hard to do so. The Bible states in Hebrews, says, lay aside the weight. Talking about the sin that easily besets us. You know, a backslider is hounded, tormented, plagued in the pleasure of sin. He's gaining too much weight in the, of the world rather than the word. As much as he wants to lose that weight, he continues to consume somehow the bacon. You know, uh, it's like righteous Lot, who was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked from, the, from day to day with his unlawful deeds. You know, the Bible says in 1 Timothy, chapter 4, in verse 13 to 16, it says there, Till I come, I'm just going to paraphrase it, Till I come, neglect not. Meditate upon the things God has taught you. Take heed unto thyselves, unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For doing this, thou shalt save thyself and them that hear you. It's harder believing as a Christian than to become one in the first place. It's one thing to, be to begin the Christian life, but quite another to live it. It's one thing to repent and believe the gospel, but another to go on repenting and go on believing. It's hard to persevere in faith when temptation of sin arises. Like Brother Paul said, you may be saved, but it's hard to see your spirituality. You know, every Christian can become worldly. A single woman was asked one time, how come you haven't dated? Are you looking for a Christian man? And she answered, no, I'm not looking for a Christian man. I'm looking for a godly one. The word Christian today means not in the people anymore. Mark Twain said, if Jesus Christ ever comes to live in this earth today, there's one thing he does not want to be called, a Christian. You know, it's wanting to be called a Christian is not a thing to be called godly. Have you noticed that? Backsliding can destroy the Christian title. It destroyed testimonies. It devastated families. It ruined churches. It have taken the Lord's name in vain. And one of the words Christian today means a hill of beans to many. We sing in our hymnal, Come thy fount of every blessing. In one of those lines, it says, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And now, I feel that way too many times, finding myself distracted and drifting. Instead of having my heart and mind focus on the Savior who loves me and gave himself to me. Am I alone on this? Am I the only one here that's prone to wander? Sin easily possesses a Christian. He's prone to wonder. Yes, it's somehow difficult to identify a backslider. Action speaks louder than words, they say. But actions can also be deceiving. Brother Sam one time said in his devotion, You all think I'm a good man, he said. But you don't know how I am behind closed doors. Has anyone of you seen Brother Sam get angry, get mad, roll his eyes, lose his temper, lose his cool? If you do, raise your hands. You know, I can't raise mine. 
because I've never seen him go off the rails. Maybe Ankara have seen him at home, but you and I haven't. Now, I've seen Ankara get mad, act like a heathen. She can ruin your day. But Sam, no. But Brother Sam is right. We don't know him how he lives behind closed doors. He doesn't know how I live behind, my life behind closed doors either. And I don't know how you live your life behind closed doors too. What are you behind closed doors? When you're alone at home, surfing the internet, watching Netflix or YouTube, in your imagination, along with your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Uh-oh, you know. I know we got some young adults here in church today that are very close. You know, the difference between a growing Christian and a backsliding one is what they consciously do with the time when they are alone. A backslider is likened to the dog that went back to his vomit, like the hog that went back to the mud, back to the dirt of sin after being washed from the blood. You know, uh, last year, we all know this too, you know, Catherine overdosed on the medicine and had to go to rehab. It's no secret. Now, I was expecting her to party when she went to college. Come on now, those of you who went to college, you all partied too. I know, <clears throat> didn't you? You know, hey, I did. I smoked weed, just a little bit. And I did. I drank all kinds of liquor, from beer to gin. I even mixed the two together. We call it beer gin, you know, or virgin, you know. I hung out with the wrong crowd. I, I even went to the strip club. Yeah, I've seen my Victoria's Secret models before I even know what Victoria's Secret was. You know, and here in America, the, one, the, the models wore the lingerie. Back home, they took it off. Yeah? Yeah? These things happen when you go to college, folks. Yeah, just ask Reggie and Jim. Yeah, you know. That's just college life, folks. There are times when you just dance with the music. Okay? But Catherine, dosing in meds, medicine, and going to rehab, we did not see it coming. She didn't even want to take medications. It was unexpected. Oh, parents, keep in mind, you're going to send your kids to college. we got kids going to college now, soon. Keep in mind, parents, when you send your kids to college, like Brother Kendall said, expect the unexpected. Yes, expect sometimes the unexpected. Now, <clears throat> in the last month, you know, Stephanie and I had our 26th wedding anniversary. Uh, but the event was, of course, unexpected. She had minor surgery on our anniversary day. We were at the hospital room instead of the honeymoon room. You know, that was unexpected. Yeah. So, you know, really, expect the unexpected. So watch yourselves. You know, we got folks today, maybe kids, that are living in sin. They could be backsliding. They may be here at Lamarck Baptist Church. I don't know. My kids are growing up. As much as we have raised them to come to church, they still know 
they still know how to give their parents, their church, the OMG moment, you know, the oh my gosh moment. They're out there living with their girlfriends and boyfriends, watching filthy stuff, mixing with the wrong crowd, missing church. And we're like, OMG, I can't believe this. We took them to church and these things happen. You know? But Neil one time was talking about, hey, you raise your children according to the Bible, but when they're grown, they won't listen to, your, to you anymore. You know? And he's right. Because today, when they turn 18, they stop listening to their parents. They think they know everything. You know, they stop listening. They become masters of their faith. You know, F-A-T-E, faith. You know. But let me tell you, kids, let me tell you what you know. At your age right now, you know, give you squat about nothing. You know nothing about something. That's what you know. <clears throat> you know, um, but the bastard is like that, folks. Taking you to church, the OMG moment. Now, the proverb says that his heart is filled with his own ways. They become masters of their faith. Catherine gave us the OMG moment. Adam, too. When he came forward, I thought he was going to come over here and talk about the sound system and the internet. And I thought to myself, can he wait until the meeting? You know? Now I heard of rumors about him drinking. And since it was rumors, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. But when he came forward, all that doubt went out the window. It was an OMG moment. Brother Sam saying, you ought to see me behind closed, leave my life behind closed doors. Believe it or not, as for me, that's an OMG moment. I thought all along he was living like a saint, an angel in disguise. You know, in all my years as a member of this church, I've seen only a few members in here that came forward. Becky, Stephanie, Jim, Troy, not Troy Shepherd, um, Troy Suits, and maybe Christy came forward too, for they have given us the OMG moment. That's black sliding to you. When they're caught, it's OMG. Yes, even the OMGs can happen to you, to me, even to the man of God. Look at Pastor Peter Halliman. But then Neil, look highly of him. You know, Neil has been coming to Sunday school now, Wednesday night services, Sunday evening services, praying, even saying amen to Brother Paul's preaching because Brother Halliman's preaching moved him. Where's Brother Halliman now? Well, we have stopped supporting his missions for he has gone down the wayside, the way of the backslider. Did you see that coming? I didn't. I bet when Neil found out, it was like, OMG. You know? Even pastors can backslide. No one is immune to it. Have I seen Brother Paul like a, act like a backslider? You better believe it. I've seen him do things he's not supposed to be doing and say things he's not supposed to be saying. It goes under control, out of control. He can give us the OMG moment if he falls down the crack. You know, <clears throat> how about you? Do you have an OMG moment? If you're brave enough to come forward and be honest and confess all your sins, well, come on down. Hey, I'd like to know. You know, 
I'd like to know who you've been lying to frequently. You know, you've been adulterating with da daily. You've been stabbing at the back. You stole from. You've been coveting every, almost every day, either their spouse, their lifestyle, or their wealth. You've been fornicating with what you've been sniffing each day and drinking, the websites that you've been visiting often. I'd like to know. See, like Adam and Catherine and Becky and Je Stephanie, Jim, Troy and Christy, who came forward confessing and repenting, do we need to join them too? You know, do I have an OMG moment? Well, you better believe it. It's worse than DUI. It's worse than taking unnecessary drugs. Shoot, I didn't want to take my Viagra every night. I mean, my blood pressure medicine every night. You know? But then, thank God, we also have a good share of good OMGs. Alan came forward to confess. That was a good OMG moment. Like I said, I wasn't expecting it. Were you? I thought he was coming forward to talk about the sound system. Catherine came forward. That too was a good OMG moment. Stephen and I had no idea she was going to do it. Stephen was just happened to look up, up front, and there she was. Catherine coming forward. I didn't see it coming. I thought she was too big for her breeches to come forward. You know, was Ali and Abby coming forward professing to be safe an OMG moment? Not to me. I saw it coming. Like Carson, somehow I knew it was going to happen before they got out of high school. As a matter of fact, I'm surprised they came early. You know? So what's the Christian's remedy of backsliding? In, in the book of James, chapter 5, in verse 16, it says there, Confess your faults, like Adam and Catherine did. Confess your faults. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. Yes, Elias was prone to backslide too. And Elias prayed frequently. You know, and then it continues in the Bible, if any of you err from the truth or backslide and one convert him, let him know that he which convert the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide the multitude of sins. That's the prayer of a backsliding Christian who once was strong but now is weak. Once was saved, but now is lost, meaning lost in the way he's living. Who once was on course, now is strayed. Was once right, now is wrong. Clean, now corrupt. Awake, but now asleep. Was once full of God, now he's full of himself. He was once was fixed, but now is loose. Steady, once steady, now is wavering. Who once was sure, now is confused. Who once was true, now is false. Once looked genuine, now looks fake. Once once was devoted once, and now was lazy. Who once loved the things of God, and now cared less about it. Who once was straight, but now is bent. Sharp, but now is dull. Strong in spiritual convictions, and now is weak. Who was once a hero, and now is a zero. Does anyone of us need to say that prayer, that verse? We need to be careful, pass judgment, and name names, folks. We need to look at the speck of our eye before we look at others. We may be the one that needs that prayer before asking others to do the same. You know, 
2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, it says there, Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves, test your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, that how the Christ Jesus is in you, except ye be reprobates. Examine yourself. Make sure we're not getting off course. You know, like Jessica out there. I thought all along she, was, she knew where she was going. We were about to go... We were about to go to two counties before we got to the right one. And we're not even supposed to leave Tums County. You know, she was so lost and confused. Come to find out, she didn't know where she was going to start with. She got me fooled. She got her mama fooled. You know, to this day, I cannot trust her for directions. You know, last December, we were, we were in Dublin. We had to reroute her. Well, she missed the turn to go into the interstate. You know, a backslider is like that, folks. He can't fool you before they'll find out they're fooling themselves. All along, sometimes we think we're going in the right direction because we're coming to church, we're serving God, we're reading our Bible, we're coming to devotions, you know. Uh, we're preaching when Brother Paul is away, like I'm doing now. We're in the prayer circle. We're saying amen to the preacher's message. We're coming to church, teaching Sunday school. And then come to find out, we're still living like a lost soul. Lost soul. Backsliding as a result of sin, slowly collecting into the believer's mind. You know, I went to the grocery one day to buy things. I thought, well, Stephanie's not with me. This shouldn't be much. No buying shampoo, makeup, conditioner, clothes, all that. You know, so I went to the grocery and I bought, I bought some potato chips. You know, two dollars of something. Bought some potato chips for for Auburn out there. You know, I bought a bag of M and M's for Ellen Kendall. You know, bought a bundle of bananas. They're the ones eating it, so you know. For, for Axel, or I forgot, I don't even know his name anymore. Um, I call him Axel. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I, I bought a box of Cokes, canned Cokes, a pack of uh, bottled water for Jessica. I bought uh, three fifty cents donuts for my breakfast, and a rotisserie chicken for our supper with the Hartleys. You know, I got to the cashier, and the bill was almost a hundred bucks. And I'm like, what? It costs this much? It's Stephen. It's not even with me. You know? And I look at the receipt, and I itemize what I bought. You know what? All this dollar thing, and a dollar there, and a dollar thing, and a dollar there, added up to almost a hundred bucks. A bus is like that. A chips in here and a chips in there, chips in here, chips in there. You keep on sinning, keep the cheap sinning going, it will add up. And when you go to the cashier for the accounting, because you're accountable, you're like, what? I'm backsliding. You know? That's how a backslide develops. Have you ever seen the game, the game show, Minute to Win It? You know, backsliding is like that, folks. You thought a minute of internet pornography won't hurt. A minute of X-rated movie, Netflix or YouTube won't hurt. 
Yeah, they have it in YouTube too. A minute of the flirt with a co-worker won't hurt. A minute of the flattery ticket won't hurt. A minute of gossip won't hurt. A minute of the flashful thoughts won't hurt. A minute of this and a minute of that won't hurt. But that's a minute for the devil to win it. He's going to win a battle here and a battle there. Here and there. Soon he'll win the war. You know, the devil will gain a ground, a little ground here and a little ground there. Soon he's got the whole land. <clears throat> you know, you heard the saying, give Satan an inch, soon he'll be your ruler. You know, before long, you go to the end of the line, cash up all the minutes, and voila, you're backsliding, you're backsliding. You know, it's like Emma and Katie out there, texting in their cell phones nonstop. All the minutes add up, and voila, their data's gone. And it's only been a it has only been a week since they renewed it. See, they went over the limit, like a credit card out there. Swipe here, swipe there, and then keep on swiping and swipe again and swipe again and then swipe one more time and the card is rejected. Why? Because it went over the limit. Like Adam out there, he did the sobriety test and the alcohol grade went over the limit. OMG, it's a DUI. You know? Yeah. And you may think, some of us can get away with sinning. You think, you know, Stephanie got pulled over speeding 20, above, 20 miles above uh, the speed limit, 20 miles, MPH, over the, over the speed limit in I-16. Patrolman gave her a warning. Tara got, st Tara got stopped in a police roadblock. She did not have a driver's license. They let her go without a warning. Now how did she do that? She got pulled over speeding in Hilton Head last Black Friday. Again, a warning. Yeah, she got pulled over in Dublin two weeks ago and this was a serious offense now, so serious I, I'm not, I was told not to tell you. Guess what? No ticket, just a warning. How is she getting away with all this? You know? Christy too. Yeah. How are they getting away with all this? You know? And Griffin? Oh, I'll even get you started on him. You know? Somehow they get away with breaking the law. Because somehow they may have just pulled some strings, folks. Now you think you get away you're getting away with sinning? You the backslider? Maybe now it seems you are. But one day those cheap sins will add up. One day, your luck will run out. One day, your connection will stop connecting. One day, your string will, you, you've been pulling will snap. One day, you'll go over the limit. That will be the one day God will pull you over, slap you, not with a thicket, but with tough love. Do you and I need to reroute? We may need to turn our spiritual GPS on and listen. That's your God positioning system. Your position in relation to God. You may be able to change your backslider loved one, your backslidden church member, or your backslidden self. But surrender them or yourself to God. He's the one who can change it all. You know, 
a former member of Brother David Collier's church, was about to be released from prison. An active member asked him if he, if he would welcome him back to the fold. And Brother Collier said, with open arms I am. Are you a backslider, tired of backsliding? Have you wandered far away from home, from God? It's time to come home. The path of sin you've long so trod. It's time to come home. Press your reset button and come on home. Never more to roam. Like the prodigal son in our text, we need to come to ourselves, to our senses. When he did that, his father welcomed him back, not only with open arms, but also with a party, with a feast. If you have to backslide, slide back to God. <clears throat> he will welcome you in his loving arms. <clears throat> the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 14. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice for some reason. <clears throat> Turn, O backsliding children, said the Lord. For I am married to you. <clears throat> I will take you. I will take you one of a city and two of a family. <clears throat> But for my <clears throat> um, Jeremiah, um, and that didn't work. <coughs> well, um, turn of backsliding children, said the Lord, for I am married to you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family. Now I will bring you to Zion. The Bible says, God is married to the backslider. No. <clears throat> That's why a backslider is a, per is a safe person. God is married to a backslider. That's good news to Adam. That's good news to Catherine and to us all. God will reroute you before you get to Baxley, to Reedsville, or to the creek. You know. <clears throat> the journey won't be pleasant but the destination will be. You know, driving down the road, a confident driver said to his passengers, don't worry, <clears throat> I know where I'm going. You know, kind of like Jessica did me. Suddenly, in one of the passengers' cell phone, her GPS in an almost human voice rattled, rerouting, rerouting, and, every, and ever since then, every passenger knew the confident driver was lost. Turn those spiritual GPS on. You could be surprised. It's rattling, rerouting, rerouting. And if you hear that, I've got good news. God allows you turns, you know. <clears throat> God allows you turns. Well, that's my message today. God bless you all. Thank you.